We can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. I'm Muck Bill Yabaro in for Sonny Young. Today's show kicks off with European League football as well as some AFCON action. We'll be discussing all of this with my VOA colleague, Kali Abdu, live in Studio 22. Mike Mbonye spoke with a football analyst about the Taifa stars of Tanzania and their chances in the AFCON tournament as well as a sunny side of sports 2023 basketball highlight of sunny chatting with coach Liz Mills. Now let's get into the December 26th edition of the sunny side of sports. Starting off the show with all things football. European League and AFCON. I have with me my VOA colleague, Kali Abdu, in studio with me. Thanks for being on the show with me, Kali. Thanks, thanks for having me, bro. Absolutely. Let's jump right into it. Let's start off with your favorite league, Serie A. Yes, let's do it. The Italian top football league. What game stood out to you over the weekend? Uh, definitely uh, Roma and Napoli because, uh, you know, Napoli won a title recently. And uh, Roma have kind of been struggling, injuries and so many things, and not uh, a lot of people expect a Roma to to win. But not only did they win, they won very convincingly, and uh, it was very interesting to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. For me personally, I think I'm an EPL guy, okay. you know. But but Syria definitely has shown uh, some legendary teams in the past. Uh, interestingly enough, complete sidebar. I was looking at that old school Inter Milan Ronaldo Nazario jersey. You know mm. when he was number ten for right. Inter before he switched over to nine. Right. I can't find that jersey anywhere. Mm. I, might, I might be able to hook you up. <laughs> okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. You know, we'll I, I, I knew you were the guy to we'll talk see. to, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So if we swing over to English Premiership. Um, the games that were played today, there, there's going to be a couple of games. United is playing uh, Villa in a little bit. Yeah. Um, Newcastle versus Nottingham Forest. Wow. Talk to me about that game. Very interesting game. You know, Newcastle were up ahead, 1-0. I turn and look, and Newcastle had equalized. I turn and look again, and they were 2-1 <laughs> up. Before I knew it, they were 3-1 three, three, uh, three up, and your, your guy, Chris Woods, is with the hat trick. Interestingly enough, the last time these two played each other, I believe like it was a random stat, like they played in the fifties or something. Guess what mm. the score was? What was it? Three one, Nottingham. Wow. <laughs> Talk about what a repeat, the odds? repeat of history, bro. It was... And you know, Chris Woods it's a former Newcastle player. Mm-hmm. So he had a point to prove and boy did he prove it. Yeah. I mean, only scored five goals for Newcastle. Yeah. He's already scored three <laughs> for Nottingham. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, the thing I like about Nottingham, man, is it's one of those teams where, you know, they're right in that. They should be more in the middle of the pack, I believe. Mm. You know, they're still towards the bottom a little mm. bit. But, you know, they have Matt Turner, mm. American uh, national goalkeeper, also mm. was uh, Arsenal's backup last season. Okay. He balled out okay. this game. I mean, Newcastle had a lot of good looks, and he really was... He's a quality keeper. So I like the team, man. And and talk to us a little bit about their new manager. Yeah, so Nuno Espirito Santos, uh, former Tottenham, former Wolves manager. He was uh, in Saudi coaching uh, players like Benzema and so forth. And 
Uh, Nottingham Forest, you know, they weren't doing so well, like you mentioned. Uh, bottom of the table, and the owner just wanted to try something else, and he brings in uh, Nuno. And, you know, the fans were, they weren't sure about it, you know. And so the pressure has really been on. They played against Bournemouth, and they they held their own, but unfortunately they lost, and now they came into this game with even more pressure, added pressure. Even though they have a lot of internationals, so many experienced players who have won titles in different leagues and so forth, but the pressure was still on, you could tell, and, you know, they, they, uh, they held themselves accountable. Yeah, no, I think they played really well. Um, Newcastle started off the season relatively well, mm-hmm. uh, even having, you know, some decent uh, runs in Champs League as yeah. well. They, they just, I think they, they got plagued with injuries as a lot of big teams kind of do. And, and they've been on a really, really bad slump lately. Um, yeah, I don't know how they get it together. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be a tough run for them uh, moving forward. Um, yeah. Looking at some of these games uh, that are going to be played uh, later on today, I believe Liverpool plays later on today. I think Liverpool play, uh, Liverpool play, uh, what was it, Burnley? Yeah, 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 yeah. Liverpool's playing Burnley yeah. uh, in a little bit, actually. Yeah. Uh, if they win that, they go top. Right. Even if, yeah, if they win, they go top uh, of the table. Uh, but I don't know. What were your thoughts on that Arsenal versus Liverpool game uh, over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, it could have gone either way. Uh, when you have teams like Arsenal and Liverpool that are at the top of their game, you know, the games would be cagey, you know. It, it'll it'll go either way if there's a mistake or a moment of brilliance from any player. But usually, tactically, they're very tight, you know, not much room to breathe, and the game reflected that. Yeah, uh, I think Arsenal, you know, got a good, good result from from Anfield. Really, mm-hmm. when you can, right. you know, you, you don't go to Anfield and win right. a lot. Arsenal hasn't won since 2011 mm. in Anfield, but... Coming away with a draw, solid. Yeah, you, you just you gotta go make take a draw, and you, yeah, you go, go home and hope for a yeah, win. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Manchester United versus Aston Villa wow. later on today. Yeah, United. Yeah, what's going on with this team? Who knows? No one knows. <laughs> they themselves don't know. But you know, they have a new uh, co-owner, uh, so who who they're expecting to come in and ring changes. I hear he uh, is. I won't say he's completely responsible for the footballing side, but he's going to have a lot of say there. So um, I'm hearing uh, he has hired a new CEO uh, who used to uh, be a CEO at Juventus. So he has a quite, you know, the pedigree. Right. Um, and just in general, you know, it seems like uh, things have, standards have changed since Sir Alex and they've just gone so far from what they used to be or what they should be. So it seems like that's where they need to start from. Do you think that's fair for, for United to always be held to that Sir Alex Ferguson, um, I guess, level? Because, you know, prior to him getting there, the team yeah. wasn't saying much either. So it's yeah. like he comes in, transforms the entire ideology yeah. of the team, and then he leaves, and they're still yearning for that type yeah. of a manager to come back into rotation even having the likes of, you know, like a Mourinho. Yeah. Um, and they just, fans yeah. are expecting something different. But yeah. what did Mourinho say before he left? Yeah, he said the the, the standards aren't what they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think recently uh, I was looking at the statements that he made back then, and he was just saying uh, that 
the quality should be higher, which people didn't like that he said that. Mm -hmm. But then now, recently, uh, he was on John O.B. McHale's podcast, and he was saying what he was saying was, look, the same people that used to be there that I was saying we need to improve uh, upon these people are still there. And, and so that's why the standards are still the way they are. And is he talking from a player's perspective or he's is he talking both. about? He's talking about both. He's mm -hmm. talking about admin, but also, yeah. you know, in Culture terms staff, of yeah, yeah. Uh, football and operations as well. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's huge. I think, uh, oh, yeah, staying on Mourinho. Yeah. <laughs> you think Mourinho makes his way back to the EPL? Yeah, I'm hearing rumors, you know, that, uh, you know, Potential, potentially, you know, two teams may be interested in him, uh, but there are rumors. You know, they, they may just be uh, uh, just fans hoping and wishing. I know Newcastle fans are, uh, are really looking his way. Like, hey, you know, if if at all they want to make a change, uh, maybe maybe bring somebody like him. And you know, he has a spiritual connection with Newcastle. Right. Not only did he uh, he was he an assistant for. Uh, Bobby Robson, who was one of their legendary managers, but every single time he played against Newcastle with Chelsea or any other club, he was he was with just mm. couldn't win there. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that's one of the things that he's always spoken about and wanted to kind of get over. <laughs> Hasn't had any luck. St. Yeah. James Park is tough, man. tough, tough, yeah. tough, tough places. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, let's switching gears to uh, to Afcon. Uh, before we jump into the teams and, and, and the groups and all that fun stuff, I just want a little trivia question from you. Okay. Right? Greatest Ivorian player of all time. For me, it's between yeah. Didier Drogba mm. and Yaya Toure. Yeah, For me, I have to give it to Drogba. Mm. Yeah. It has to be Drogba because, uh, you know, when I'm looking at the stats, they're neck and neck. But Drogba shades it. Just he has more uh, FA Cups, more League Cups, more Premier Leagues, same uh, amount of Champions Leagues, and uh, yeah, just yeah, just shades in terms of, shades it in terms of uh, having one more African Football of the Year award mm. um, than Drogba. But that doesn't put him over Drogba. That you're saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I to me, you just can't. Yeah, to me, I just. I just have to give it a drug by just because of the impact, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. People keep thinking goal scorers, are the end all be all, you know, on a pitch. But but the midfielders, these yeah. guys who are creating, and you mean talk about Haaland versus a De Bruyne. Right. When De Bruyne is in there, is Haaland scoring as many goals? Probably not, right? Mm -hmm. The same can be said for players like Gareth Surrey, the impact they had. But I am only giving it to Drogba because Drogba has had more impactful uh, goals that right. just like the goal against Bayern Munich to to keep them in the game. It's crazy in the final. Those types of goals, I've seen so many of them from Drogba. Yeah, and I also think just from the perspective of what he's done for Ivorian football mm. um, across the board, being super vocal yeah. uh, years back, you know, assisting with the funds for the players, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I think kind of puts him over the top for me as well. So yeah, I, I would agree. I think mm. Didier Drogba. Uh, edges Yaya Toure. Yaya is a beast, though, man. Or, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, staying, staying with Ivory Coast, uh, they are uh, the host nation of AFCON. Absolutely. We've spoken about them in the past. Group A with your Nigeria. It's going to be tough, man. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I think, though, uh, in, in the last couple of days when I've really been looking at it, I've, I've been very interested, and I've had conversations with some of our colleagues as well and some other analysts, 
to me, I feel like we are really, I wouldn't say underestimating, but there are some teams that really are going to have the ability to play way more free mm. than the big names, right? Because mm. we're expecting the Nigerians, no, the, the pressure Ghanas, will be... the Cameroon, Senegal's, yeah. Egypt, Morocco. Yeah. They, they have absolutely no margin, marginal right. room for error. Right, right. We're expecting them to come out and ball. Mm. If they don't, even yeah. if you hold them to yeah. a draw, yeah. it's, a, it's a miss yeah, for them, yeah, right? Yeah. Another team could come in and just park up on yeah. them. Yeah. So a team like Tanzania now, they're in the group with Morocco. Mm. If they park the bus on them and in a nil-nil draw, mm. what does that now do for not only their confidence, but mm. what does it do to the mentality of the bigger teams? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. You see, so many of these teams have been been in these situations where they absolutely needed to win, but they they only got a draw, and then that affects them in the long run. You know, especially in these tight groups where you have very strong teams, you know, going head to head. My my philosophy about football is there's no less team, there's no small team. You never ever go to a match and think, oh, we can beat them because. It's, that's the first way to lose, right? So especially in the AFCON tournament. So I'm not going to say that, uh, uh, you know, any team is lesser than any other team. But to your point, the big teams will have that pressure and they absolutely have to deliver, especially when you think that they should get those three points. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Right before we get up out of here, if you were to pick a dark horse in the race that people may not be thinking about, like mm. we've mentioned these bigger teams, mm. What's a team that you think maybe might be able to just kind of? I mean, you know, it's going to be a little controversial because Ivory Coast are the host tournament, mm-hmm. uh, host of the tournament, mm-hmm. um, and so maybe people expect them to do that, but they're not in my top three just because, right? But I'm I'm going to say that if there's anyone that sh- should be considered a dark horse, is them. That's fair. That's a hot take. Yeah. That's a hot take, man. I appreciate you for being on a segment with me, uh, Kali. I'll definitely have you back on end of the week, my man. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Staying with African football, Mike Mbonier spoke to David Mwalima, a football analyst about the Tanzanian national football team, the Taifa Stars, that we just spoke about, and their chances at winning AFCON 2023. Well, uh, Tanzania, having qualified uh, for the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations that will be held in uh, Ivory Coast in uh, January 2024, have been pulled against uh, Zambia, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and uh, Morocco. Of course, Morocco and Zambia being uh, former champions of this uh, tournament, which is dubbed the African World Cup. Tanzania have their hands full. Uh, to just get out of this group because they are the lowest uh, ranked team in the pool. They are the least experienced and uh, they have probably uh, the players who have least exposure from the pile. I expect Morocco and DR Congo uh, to qualify uh, from this group. Uh, But I expect Tanzania to put up a good show nevertheless. They are managed by Algerian coach uh, Adel Amruche who formerly managed Kenya and has quite some experience so expect them to pull up some upsets in this group. But uh, nevertheless, I do not expect uh, Tanzania's Taifa stars uh, to uh, emerge uh, from this group into the round of uh, 16. Some football analysts think that East African teams have not been active in some African finals. What's your take on this? 
It is true, uh, East African teams have not been uh, active in the Africa Cup of Nations uh, finals. Actually, uh, East Africa is ranked amongst uh, the uh, lowly uh, teams uh, in uh, Africa. Uh, after, of course, North Africa and West Africa who have dominated uh, continental football uh, for the be better part of the last uh, 30 or 40 years. Uh, this is mainly because uh, East Africa have not quite invested as much in football, uh, being arguably the, the, the region with the least uh, talent uh, compared to the West Africans and the North Africans who've managed to uh, produce some of the best uh, players in the world and who've managed to have their teams play at the World Cup and uh, reach as far as the semi-finals. Uh, East Africa has a long way to go uh, to reach uh, such levels. Remember, this is a region that has the likes of Djibouti, uh, Somalia, Burundi, Rwanda, which have for some better part of time been involved in some civil unrest and some turmoil. Uh, so there's a lot of patching up and building uh, to do. Uh, but it's all not lost because there has been hope. Uh, if you see uh, the likes of Kenya are probably qualifying from, for the Rugby World Cup, the Volleyball World Cup, the Athletics World Cup, shows that there's a lot of sporting potential in the region uh, that needs to be harnessed. So it's a matter of what to do now, the blueprint, uh, the playbook in which uh, has to be used and come up with a template to ensure that East Africa uh, becomes one of the best, if not uh, the best uh, ranked uh, teams in Africa. Do you think the Typhoon Stars of Tanzania can make it from their group? Though in previous tournaments, so-called minos or small teams have caused upsets. Well, uh, Tanzania qualified uh, for the uh, 2019 Africa Cup of Nations, uh, but couldn't get out of uh, their group. I remember they were pulled alongside Kenya, Senegal and Algeria. And uh, Tanzania finished last in that group, having lost all her matches. Uh, right now, uh, Tanzania are approaching the Africa Cup of Nations with some little bit of good fortune. Remember, East Africa, uh, countries including Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania having won uh, the rights to host the 2027 Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, other than that, of course, uh, Tanzanian football clubs, the Simba and Yanga, have in the recent past put up a very good show in continental football tournaments. But in all fairness, uh, West African West African players, especially from Ghana, Nigeria, and to a, large, to a large extent Senegal, have been helping these Tanzanian teams put up a good show, both in the CAF Africa Champions League and the CAF Confederation Cup. Remember, Tanzanian side young Africans made it to the final of the CAF Confederation Cup last season. This season, both young Africans and Simba are in the group stage of the Continental uh, Championships, uh, the CAF Champions League. Uh, so, yes, uh, there's good feeling and good vibe. Again, Tanzania chosen to host the opening match of the Africa Football League. Remember, it was launched, launched in October with uh, some big guests, big uh, name guests, such as a uh, former Arsenal coach, Arsene Wenger, who now, of course, works at FIFA, and FIFA President Gianni Infantino amongst uh, those who came to ensure that the tournament is launched properly. So some feel-good vibe in Tanzania. But this might not be enough uh, for them at the Africa Cup of Nations, as I said, uh, being ranked against the Democratic Republic of Congo and Morocco and Zambia. I really do expect Tanzania, who uh, were in the same group with Algeria in the qualification rounds and just beat Niger recently 
in the World Cup qualifiers, but I do not expect them to uh, really hit the heights at the Africa Cup of Nations. That was uh, David Mwalima, a football analyst, speaking with reporter Mike Mbonia on the phone from Nairobi, Kenya. Swinging things to the basketball court for the third year in a row, Australian coach Liz Mills has guided a team to qualification in the Men's Basketball Africa League, BAL. In 2022, Coach Mills was in charge of AS Sale when the Moroccan team qualified. In 2023, she took ABC Fighters of Ivory Coast. And for 2024, Coach Mills is leading Bangui Sporting Club of Central African Republic to the club's first appearance in the BAL. Coach Liz Mill recently spoke with VOA Sonny Young, and Sonny welcomed her back to the sunny side of sports. First off, Coach, congratulations on Bangui Sporting Club qualifying for the 2024 BAL season. What's been the reaction in the CAR on the country being represented in the BAL for the first time. Thank you so much, Sunny. I had an amazing experience working with Bangui Sporting Club in Cameroon for the West Division BAL qualifiers. I'm so proud of the team for qualifying for the BAL for the first time. And we had amazing support from not only the people within Central African Republic, but from the entire diaspora from around the world. We, one of our goals throughout the tournament was to make sure we made our friends, families and supporters proud. And I know with our performance we did. And we look forward to continuing to represent them well in the BAL next season. Coach, can you reflect on the team's road to BAL qualifying campaign? What were a few of the team's key moments or games? Ironically, one of the key moments of our campaign was the first game of the first round of the BAL qualifiers where we lost to the team from Gabon. This was one of our two losses throughout the tournament, but it was crucial because leading into the first round, we were one of the favorites in our group. And to lose so unexpectedly to a team that was below us in the rankings was the shock that we needed in a way that it was a catalyst for us to regroup and refocus and to respect every single opponent that we were going to face, regardless of their experience at continental level. And I strongly believe that if we hadn't have lost that game, we wouldn't have ended up qualifying or winning the championship in the West. I think another key moment for us was uh, the game against FAP from Cameroon uh, to win the first round group. Um, and for us, we were down a lot of the game and then we, we came up and uh, FAP fought back. And I think it was a great game that showcased our resilience and ability to handle another team's momentum and respond in a great manner. Very proud that we ended up, after losing that game to Gabon in the first game, to beat a quality team in FAP who has more experience, they've played in the BAL, and for us to have beaten them by one point to top the group was a very important win for us. And then I'd say the final key moment of our campaign was defeating Aha Lee Benghazi from Libya to qualify for the BAL. This was a team that was stacked with all-stars, big budget, big recruits, and everybody expected them to easily handle up um, Bangui. But we had really progressed as a team from our first game of the first round all the way through to the semi-final game. And I was so proud of our ability to come from behind 
this they were up until the last couple of minutes of the game where we fought back and we ended up winning that game on a buzzer beater and for our captain to have scored that was just a beautiful way poetic for us to qualify for the BAL and it was a great journey from start to finish and I, I think for me being able to work with a team like this where you have great locals great imports and defense was a a key aspect of the game that we wanted to focus on and it all came together and allowed us to not only qualify for the BAL but to also win the Western Conference title. Coach, as you're aware, the BAL will be holding games in South Africa for the first time in 2024. How would you describe basketball development in South Africa? I think it's a great move by the BAL to expand to a third market. Obviously, South Africa is one of the biggest economies in Africa, so from a marketing perspective, it makes sense. Basketball in South Africa has had its ups and downs, and hopefully with BAL bringing their product to the market there, this will help really develop the game in the country. Unfortunately, over the last couple of years, the domestic league has been floundering. They haven't really run a domestic league properly in the last five years, and their national team hasn't participated since 2017. So hopefully this move is a catalyst for not only the federation to kick back into gear and really work, inspire them to put a domestic league in place and to continue to develop basketball in South Africa. A strong basketball environment in South Africa is only a positive for the entire continent. I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. I'm talking with Liz Mills, the head coach of Bangui Sporting Club, which has qualified for the 2024 Basketball Africa League season. Coach, as you prepare for the 2024 season, are there specific areas on Bangui SC you would like to see improve? Every coach is always looking for ways to improve their team. So, of course, heading into the 2024 BAL season, there's lots of areas that I think we can improve in offensively, defensively, from a personnel perspective, even myself as a coach. And that's what's so exciting. And with the group, the core group of players that this team has, the ability to build on the foundation that we that we implemented in the BAL qualifiers is a huge advantage for us. And I think that's the beauty of BAL qualifiers, especially the teams that come through the first and the second round of those qualifiers. We have that ability to build on that development, whereas a team that automatically qualifies for BAL doesn't get that preparation time. Um, and so it's an advantage for us. But in terms of the nitty-gritty areas of improvement, I'm going to keep that up my sleeve. I don't want to give too much away to our opponents as we head into the 2024 season. But I do know that we're looking forward to, as a team, continuing to build, get better, and really have a strong presence in the BAL, we're not looking to just participate for the first time. We're looking to go out there and compete, and I'm really excited about the prospects of this team for the 2024 season. Finally, Coach, NBA Africa recently announced the first junior NBA league in South Sudan will tip off in early 2024. South Sudan made a successful debut at the 2023 FIBA Basketball World Cup 
and will also participate in the 2024 Olympic men's basketball tournament. How important are these junior NBA leagues? And do you see South Sudan as the new power in African men's basketball? I think the junior NBA programs are crucial. I think the grassroots development of players and coaches across the continent is one of the three key pillars for development of the game in Africa. So I'm really excited that the NBA uh, Africa are launching a league in South Sudan come early next year. I'm also really excited to see the rise of South Sudan, not only in Africa, but also in international competitions like the World Cup and next year at the Olympics. Now for me, yes, they are one of the best teams in Africa, but are they the best yet? No, they need to win an Afro basket. They need to beat a fully stacked Nigeria team. They need to consistently beat Senegal. They need to show not only at the continental level, can they dominate? And then once they do that, what what are their results at international competitions? I think going to the World Cup this year was a great experience for them. And once they can get there and make it to the second round and then, you know, full, start pushing for the quarterfinals, semifinals down the line, that's when, you know, they're really going to be leading the way for Africa. And I cannot wait to see that happen. Thanks, Coach. That's Liz Mills, the head coach of Bongi Sporting Club. And she spoke with me from Sydney, Australia. And that's a wrap for the December 26th edition of the show. Hope you all have a great day. I'm Muckbill Yabaro in Washington, in for Sonny Young. And that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.